Our prayers continue as we approach God's word. I invite you to pray with me. Holy God, we are ready to hear your word. Meet us here again. Speak to us that we might take hold of the life that really is life. In Jesus Christ, the one who is our Lord and Savior. Amen. I invite you to hear God's word from 2 Chronicles. And since I realize you might not have been reading 2 Chronicles this week, I want to remind you that King Hezekiah had led the people to rebuild the temple. And it was a time of great excitement and joy as that was complete. They were so happy. And so Hezekiah invited them to all come and bring a thank offering. I invite you to hear God's word from long ago, a word that can be received by us today. As soon as the word spread, the people of Israel gave in abundance the first fruits of grain, wine, oil, honey, and all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. The people of Israel and Judah who lived in the cities of Judah also brought in the tithe of cattle and sheep. And the tithe of the dedicated things that had been consecrated to the Lord their God and laid them all in heaps. In the third month, they began to pile up the heaps and finish them in the seventh month. When Hezekiah and the officials came in and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites about these heaps, and the chief priest, Azariah, of the house of Zadok answered him, Since they began to bring in contributions into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and plenty to share. For the Lord has blessed his people so that we have a great supply left over. This is the word of the Lord. And now from the first letter of Paul to Timothy. A word to that church then and to us now. And I want to remind you that, um, you know, people who live in Westlake are thought of by people who live in other parts of the city as the rich people. Now, I can say that because I lived in Westlake for 20-some years. And I know that I never thought of myself as rich. I knew a lot of rich people, and I wasn't like them. But in the view of the world... We in the United States are the rich people. So hear God's word. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So when Stacy called and invited me to preach, she didn't say, can you just come anytime in the fall? She said, can you come this particular Sunday? And you should know it's Stewardship Sunday. And it's like, oh boy, nobody likes stewardship Sunday. No wonder she called me for that Sunday. <laughs> so I knew what today was, and I wanted to be here. 
because I know you. I have lived in and out of Westlake since 1983. When I first moved here, Gary Dennis was the pastor, and this church was on the other side of Bee Caves. And I know why that font is important. I know. So I wanted to be here to thank you for the myriad of reasons that you have continued to be a generous and faithful congregation and have shown God's love and mercy in this community and all over the world. I know you. You have been an inspiration to me, and so I wanted to be here today. I know that this is not your first transition time. I've been here when you were through other transition times. I'm invited to preach during transitions. <laughs> and I am absolutely certain that God is going to continue to be faithful to you as God has been in the past. And God is calling you even now into the future that God has in store for you. And I know it will be one of leadership and inspiration because that's who you've always been. So I'm here to tell you a story that I think you'll get. A parent told me this story and gave me permission to share it with you, so I just want you to know. She told me that she had not been bringing her church, her son to big church often because he was only three years old and he just couldn't sit still for an hour of anything when he was three years old. So she left him in the nursery where people learned his name and he knew those people loved him and he knew that Jesus loved him. On occasion, however, she was beginning to bring him in church for like children's time or a hymn or when the children's choir sang. And on this particular Sunday, she had him there for the offering because she wanted him to know that one of the ways we worship God is by giving to Christ's ministry. So he was fascinated with this because they were passing plates back and forth and he thought that was very cool, especially when his mom gave him two quarters so he could put something in the offering plate. So when it came to him, she held a plate for him, and he took one quarter and he put it in the plate, and he took the second quarter and he put it in his pocket. <laughs> well, that was not actually what she had in mind, but she decided that that was enough for that day. That was good enough. And so she leaned down and said, okay, let's go now. And she was grateful that he didn't put up a fuss as he did sometimes, he followed her out. Except that as soon as they got outside, he began to cry inconsolably, tears streaming down his face, and there was nothing she could do to make him stop crying. And she leaned down to see what was the matter, and he said, that man took my money. Go get my money, Mommy. I want my money. Since she was not about to go and retrieve that quarter out of the offering plate, she tried to explain to her son that he gave the money to the church. Well, that rationale was getting her nowhere. So she told him that he gave the money to Jesus. And that, plus some cookies that she found in the bottom of her purse, seemed to appease him. She assumed the matter was settled. But the next morning, they were getting in the car to go to preschool, and this three-year-old looked up at her and said, very matter-of-factly, Mom, Jesus took my money. And she responded to him, very matter-of-factly, yes, he did, son. He needed it, and you needed to give it. Now get in the car. <laughs> the, 
This mother is teaching her son the spiritual discipline of giving and how important that is to the ministry of Jesus Christ. And at that point, she had him giving 50%. So if he keeps up that percentage, he'll pretty soon be chair of the stewardship committee. You won't have to do that. And even if he doesn't keep up with that 50%, he's going to know his whole life long how to walk with Jesus. The truth is, I don't know how much Jesus really needed that little boy's quarter. I don't know how much Jesus really needs the money that you and I give to the church. I doubt very seriously that the kingdom of God is dependent upon you or me in any regard, and that is the good news. But I do know that we need to give it. Just like the little boy who put his quarter in the offering plate, we walk with Jesus by giving to Christ's ministry. If giving is just about making the church budget, you've missed the whole point. Our giving to the church is the way we declare who's on first and align our lives with the reign of Christ among us. Now, you probably know that Jesus had more to say about money and possessions and wealth than anything else other than the kingdom of God. Jesus did not consider giving to be a private matter. He talked to people about giving all the time because money can threaten our relationship with God and with one another. The Bible is clearer and more straightforward about money than it is about many other issues with which we become preoccupied. Yet instead of giving our money to declare where we stake our lives, we place our security more often than not in financial resources. But if your job is downsized or if the stock market drops, where is your security? If you're in an accident or you get a dire medical diagnosis, financial resources will not stop the loss of life. Watch hurricanes or flooding or earthquakes or wildfires destroy lives or communities. Watch violence break out in a place that we always considered to be safe. And we know that our security rests only in God's faithfulness to us. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on, up, treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither, moth, moth, raw, excuse me, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Yet instead of using our money to declare our gratitude to God, we announce, nobody tells me what to do with my money. I've earned it, and this money's mine, and I'll do with it as I please. It's my right to spend it or keep it, or squander it. Is it? Who gave us the wherewithal to accumulate our wealth? Couldn't you and I have been born just as easily across a river, across a border, where running water and medical care and education were completely beyond our grasp? How different would our lives have been? Are we not merely stewards of God's graciousness to us? Scripture says, give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Yet, instead of giving our money 
to proclaim our priorities, we hold back from giving to the church because we want to make sure we take care of our loved ones. Now, I have loved ones, and I can tell you that my deepest prayer is that my loved ones know that in the inevitable rough times, their strength is going to come from God's faithfulness to them. Over the years, my husband and I have chosen to demonstrate to our loved ones the priority God has in our life by making substantial commitments to the church, substantial enough that it affects the way we live and the decisions we make. Because in holding back from giving, we end up holding back our faith from those we love. Instead of helping them not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And so they are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they can take hold of the life that really is life. I imagine you may have loved ones, and that is also your prayer for them. Yet instead of using our giving to participate in the coming of Christ's reign among us, we take offense with something the church has done, or something the preacher said, or something the guest preacher said, and we withhold our money. However, all we're doing in that withholding is depriving ourselves of the privilege of participating in the coming of Christ's kingdom. You know, Christ has been head of the church from the very beginning and through all kinds of shenanigans. And Christ will continue to bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven in spite of us if necessary. But what a loss for us to miss being part of what God is doing. Jesus says, freely you have received, freely give. And so placing our security in our own resources, thinking that what we have is ours to do with as we please, bowing to the expectations of others, using giving as a club against the church, withholding ourselves, all these actions reveal our confusion over who's on first and threaten our ability to walk with Jesus. And anything that comes between us and God is serious business and demands a spiritual discipline. Those in Hezekiah's day understood this, and they gave a tenth of what they owned to the temple. In this way, they distinguished themselves from those around them, declaring that they belonged to God. In life and in death, they belonged to God. They gave their first fruits. The best of their produce, tangible evidence of who's on first. Tithing was their statement of faith. We belong to God first. Before we belong to anyone or anything else, we belong to God. But this is not Hezekiah's day, and not everybody's tithing, and most churches aren't tripping over heaps of offerings. On the other hand, it's true that Giving has dramatically increased in many congregations who have accomplished miracles in Christ's name through the extravagant generosity of the faithful. The joy of walking with Jesus has transformed lives, both the lives of those who are the recipients of the gift and the lives of the giver. 
It is true that those who are tithers will testify to you what a difference it makes in their own life to give at least 10% to the church. They'll also tell you that tithing is not easy. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how little money you have. Such giving is difficult for everybody because priorities have to be rearranged. Such rearranging of priorities has meant that my family has needed to trust God's goodness more than we might have otherwise. And in so doing, our faith has deepened so that when darkness comes, and you know that darkness does come in every life, we can walk with Jesus through that valley in peace. Because I know that my money is neither a sign of God's blessing nor a sign of God's displeasure. I know I'm not buying God's love, but rather I give to the church in gratitude for God's amazing grace to me. I know that what I could have by not tithing couldn't possibly bring me the pleasure I receive from giving to Christ's work. I will testify to you, it is a real high. And the only danger is, it is addictive. When I give to the church, I find I'm content with what is left. Giving generously to the church is a spiritual discipline that cultivates in me the ability to recognize and engage in God's graciousness. Since we cannot serve God and money, tithing makes a bold statement about whom we worship and what it is we refuse to worship. The truth is, I know what I would be missing if I were not a tither. My peace comes from knowing how much is enough and from being open to the new thing that I know God will do. For this reason, I echo to you the words of the mother to her son, you just need to give it to Jesus. Giving to Jesus, who is the head of the church, is a spiritual discipline that is as important as prayer and Bible study and service, as important as the giving of your time and talent. But financial giving is usually the more challenging of the spiritual disciplines because money's bid for omnipotence is so strong that we can't let it go. Everything around us encourages us to want just a little bit more so that we overburden ourselves with discontent and anxiety, so that money directs our living and our wants become needs in our own eyes so that we lose the vision of what God is doing. Yet Jesus says, your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. Giving generously to the church declares a victory over money's power over us, saving us from our enslavement to our possessions. Choosing to give to the church when times are tough says that fear has not one. Tithing is a confession of faith. We belong to God first. If you want to know who's first in your life, you can pull up your bank statement on your computer because we can talk about how much we love Jesus. 
We can pray day and night. We can sing the hymns and say the creeds by memory. We can read the Bible and quote scripture. We can show up for church Sunday after Sunday. We can volunteer for a myriad of opportunities for service. But if we're not giving out of extravagant generosity to the church, then our relationship with God is just a game. And we're as silly as Abbott and Costello and their piece, who's on first. And as long as it's a game, then scriptures like these and sermons like this will likely make folks as frustrated as the little child who cried, Jesus took my money. However, I can tell you this, you and I are made in the image of an extravagantly generous God. We are hardwired to be generous. Generosity calls us to be our best self and makes us kind and gracious, working for justice and peace, because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Therefore, it's my privilege to be here today to tell you the good news, that with God on first, you will be walking with Jesus, and everything else will fall into place. Thanks be to God. Amen.